Thanks for listening to another podcast episode of Complex Identities. This is your host, Juan Marcos Berjuana Gutierrez. In our previous two episodes, we looked at the question, or we considered the question of what is a Judaism? And we presented two possibilities. One was the conventional view that essentially argued that Judaism was monolithic. And even though there may have been different groups or subgroups, they ultimately shared so much in common that we could really talk about a common Judaism. And to some extent, we could even argue that there was a monolithic expression of Judaism in the late Second Temple period. The counter view or the opposing view uh, presented by Rabbi Jacob Neusner and other scholars was that really what we have are multiple Judaisms and that we should really use this model to explain the late Second Temple period and even the movements that followed the destruction of the Temple. Now, the reason that that discussion was important is because now we're turning our attention to the groups that lay in the middle of the spectrum of the continuum between Judaism and Christianity as we think of them today. So obviously in their own minds, their self-perception or their self-definition would have been different. We want to concentrate on one of the groups or at least one of the communities because they provide us with so many perspectives and issues to consider when we look at what is quote-unquote truly Christian and, and truly Jewish. The group that we want to look at is the community that authored what's called the Clementine literature. Now, the Clementine literature consists of two different works primarily. There's some smaller texts that are involved, but the two primary works are the Clementine Recognitions and the Clementine Homilies. Now, scholars agree that these two works are essentially reworkings of an earlier text. Now, there's some debate about what that text was called, but there seems to be some general view that that text is called the Circuits of Peter. So we know this because there were references to it in the Church uh, Fathers and you know different sources of that nature. And the argument that's made is that the Circuits of Peter was written in the third century. So we're talking about the 200s of the Common Era. So again, the Clementine Recognitions and the Clementine Homilies are reworkings of the original text. Now, the Clementine literature focuses in on an individual by the name of Clement. And this Clement is supposed to be uh, a famous Clement of Rome, who was the third bishop of the early church. And the story, essentially, is Clement follows Peter, Peter of the New Testament, one of the disciples of Jesus, on his journeys. And he basically records some of his confrontations and discussions uh, in those journeys. And these texts are generally referred to as the pseudo-Clementine literature because of their later composition. If the Circuits of Peter were written in the second century, we're probably looking at the third or fourth century for the homilies and the recognitions. And one of the things that I believe that's important is that the term pseudo in many ways is problematic because it undermines the unique nature of these texts. And in many ways, I think it's unnecessary. And the reason that I say that it's unnecessary is because These texts, I I believe, have been neglected or dismissed because they cannot be viewed as historically authentic in the sense that if Clement obviously lived in the first century, then he is not the author of these particular texts. Now, this is problematic, however. The claim that Clement of Rome wrote these texts, to me, seems irrelevant to their importance. Much like canonical canonical texts are often attributed to specific personalities, whether it's in the Tanakh or in the New Testament. And in particular, the New Testament is something to consider for those who adhere to it, because 
many of the texts in the New Testament bear the names of certain individuals that are essentially questionable. We don't know exactly if those individuals wrote it or if it was attributed to those individuals. So I think that that is an issue that we have to consider. If the reader prefers or the listener prefers the Clementine recognitions or the Clementine homilies can be referred to as the pseudo-Clementines, but I think it's incredibly important that we not make the mistake of simply dismissing them because they are dated from a later period in time. And of course, our concern is not whether they're connected to the first century community of Jews who followed Jesus or are connected to James, the brother of Jesus, but we want to understand them as a means of listening to a forgotten voice. And what is that forgotten voice? The voice of a a group of people who found themselves in the middle of two emerging religious traditions. Now, the Clementine Homilies is the older of the two major works that we just mentioned. So we have the Clementine Homilies, Clementine Recognitions. Clementine Homilies is older, and the geographical origins of this text are assumed to have been in Syria. Now, the current form of the text, again, is thought to have been edited sometime in the 4th century. So we're talking about, again, the uh, the 300s. However, it's likely a redrafting of an earlier text from the 3rd century or even earlier. Again, back to the circuits of Peter that I, I mentioned just a while ago. Now, the homilies are preserved in Greek, and that is considered to be the original language, but there are other translations of the text. There is a Syriac or Aramaic translation of chapters 10 through 14, and that seems to have been written or compiled in the city of Edessa in 411. Now, let's turn a little bit to the other text, the Clementine Recognitions. This text is also reworking material that was written previously. Now, the full text exists only in Latin, which dates sometime to the early years of the 5th century, The recognitions, in contrast to the homilies, were extensively translated. The text was available in Greek, in Arabic, Georgian, Armenian. It's really amazing. Such diverse translations suggest a fairly extensive readership. And this is the amazing part. The reason that this is so curious to us and so fascinating is because the homilies and the recognitions both possess views that are quite controversial. And so if you were in a nascent or evolving Christian community sometime in the third and fourth centuries of the common era, and you came across the Clementine recognitions, you would probably be surprised if you compared it to the emerging teachings of the church that are generally characterized as orthodox. Now, from the standpoint of the Jewish community, they don't seem to have made much of an impact, of course, But what's interesting is that when we look further into these texts, we're going to discover that they have very, very Jewish ideas beyond general Jewish perspectives on the revelation of the Hebrew Bible, for example, or some general concepts on uh, the role of of, of Messiah, Mashiach. What they do, at least in the case of the Clementine homilies, is they espouse the observance of the Torah, not only by Jews, but also by non-Jews, Gentiles, who have joined this, if you will, this Jesus movement. And in addition to that, what we'll see, quite amazingly, is a notion or view of an oral transmission of the Torah 
that appears to be critical to the message of the homilies.